everyone else is doing their absolute best every single day so I have to be perfect every day and it's just not sustainable so I think if I could go back tell little Emily not to (laughs) hit it out of the park every day and just learn one thing every day um I think my experience would have been very different On this first episode of Yeah, No, For Sure, we have a conversation with my very good friend, Emily Overholt. A little over two years ago, Emily opened up about her battle with depression following the 2016 Olympics and the difficulties she's faced through recovery and returning to sport. Now, nearly five years after her mental health struggles, Emily continues to inspire and create a positive impact for the athletic community through her mental health advocacy. I am so grateful Emily was willing to discuss her experience with mental health challenges with me. I would like to provide the disclaimer that the following episode briefly touches on depression and mental health crisis and should be noted as a general discussion about mental health. Please do not interpret any specific advice for a personal situation because every mental health situation is unique and it should be tailored to a case-by-case basis. If you are seeking professional mental health advice, please reach out to your local mental health resources, or you can check out my Instagram at yeahknowforsurepodcast for a list of Canadian mental health resources for both youth and athletes. Enjoy the episode, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the first episode of Yeah, No, For Sure, a podcast where we take a journey into the world of sports and discuss the mental aspects in the pursuit of athletic excellence. I'm your host, Quincy Brozo, and... I am struggling with technology recently, but we finally got it up and running and we're good to go. And I am here with a very special guest. Um, Emily Overholt is a Canadian swimmer and a really good friend of mine. She uh, got an Olympic bronze medal at the 2016 Olympics. She was born and raised in Vancouver and is a new cat mom. How is Gus doing? Gus is doing well. He recently got neutered, so a little depressed, but other than that, he's lively as ever. That's great. Um, and, you know, the catnip for him, I guess, is is okay with the neutering and everything. It's- oh, yeah. He's loving the catnip. That's good. Just, you know, bringing his spirits up, yeah. I feel like. And so, because it's the first episode, I'd love to do, you know, kind of a speed round of firsts with you. First questions. Okay, let's do it. Um, So I would want to know, what's the first team you ever qualified for? My first national team was Commonwealth Games in 2014 in Scotland. Oh, wow. A long time ago. That is a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Scotland, was that the first time you had ever been out of North America? Um, no, I went to Dubai in 2013 for Junior Worlds. So oh, like, fun. Yeah. Wow, Scotland, that's just kind of a, not random, but it's just not really the main place that you would think of, of having a, a swimming competition. So how was that? Yeah, it was really fun. Like, my family was there, and so that was really nice as well. And it was just, like, being, um like a games environment it was a lot of fun with like other athletes and stuff yeah totally and you know just being super young as an athlete and like that must be pretty nerve-wracking and everything but um that's cool um okay next question uh what was your first starstruck moment in sport 
Okay. Um, 2016 Olympics, I saw Chad LeClaude at the bar. And <laughs> that was definitely the first time... Well, maybe not the first time, but one of like the main or the, the biggest moments for me and I had to go get a picture with him and all my friends were so embarrassed <laughs> but I had to of course when you're looking up to someone for that long you know you have to get a picture you have to I don't know just kind of uh create that memory in there forever exactly and I have that picture and it makes me so happy <laughs> that's so fun and your first Olympics too so you know like that's just a double whammy of excitement yeah exactly um okay um, what was your first childhood accomplishment that you remember being really proud of? Okay, I'm going to say softball provincials when I was like 12 years old or something um, before I was really into swimming. Um, that's kind of the first time I remember being like really proud of a sporting moment, I guess, because I was like with a team and stuff. It was just a lot of fun. That's really exciting. And especially because if you were so young and you still remember it, you know, that's definitely something that's in your brain forever. Yeah, definitely. Um, so softball, that's interesting. What other sports did you play when you were younger? Um, I did like the usual soccer, uh, gymnastics, um, maybe like ballet for a minute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got into swimming pretty quickly. So I feel like dance is definitely one of the first things that like, you know, every young girl goes into <laughs> yeah. and you think that you're so good. But then there's just that moment where you're like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. My mom had so many hopes for me and it just didn't pan out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Same. My mine too. My parents were so excited until they actually saw me perform and they're like, uh, maybe we should try something else. <laughs> Um, okay, what do you think your first athletic loss was? Um, first athletic loss, I think probably, hmm, maybe Pan Packs in 2014. It was right after Commonwealth Games, and it was, like, the first time I went to a big meet and didn't go best time, mm -hmm. which at 16 is, like, a harsh realization that you're not going to go best time every time you swim yes um so that was kind of a big moment for me like a big learning experience oh for sure yeah and I feel like especially with swimmers or any time-based sport um when you're really young you're so used to dropping 10 seconds to like three seconds which for those of you who don't know in swimming is huge to drop something more than a second two seconds it's such a big deal and so to go from doing that every swim to not at all yeah I, I feel like that's it's um opens your eyes a little bit to you know the the commitment to the sport that you have to keep right um so when do you think was the first time you really fell in love with swimming <laughs> oh, that's big a question question um I think when I started to like travel and make teams and stuff like that I think it really like solidified my love for the sport just because it brought me like so many friends and so many new experiences um so when I was like 12 and started making junior teams I think that's kind of when I really fell in love with the sport and decided to focus on it. 
Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's really interesting because also you kind of get to a point when you're starting to become, you know, more elite in the sport and you're kind of branching out from just the normal group of people that you're swimming and training with and you're noticing, hey, I'm actually pretty good at this. <laughs> um, great. So that's all the questions I have for round of first, but I'd love to pick your brain a little bit more about, you know, your... Uh, experiences going into the Olympics, coming out of the Olympics, and just how mental health really played a part in all of those experiences. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, so your first Olympic Games were 2016, and I bet that was just so hype for you. Uh, but can you kind of go into, you know, your injury going in and how that kind of affected your preparation for the Olympics? Yeah, the injury was definitely a challenge. I had never been injured before. So um, right after Olympic trials in April, uh, I somehow partially tore my hamstring Um still not sure how that happened some kind of overuse injury but um I was on crutches for a really long time and I couldn't use my legs for like the three or four months leading up to the Olympics so we really had to like work around it and um it was definitely a test of I don't know some sort because (laughs) it was not fun a lot of the days but um we were able to make it work and um I learned a lot through all of that. Yeah, and I feel like that would be super discouraging too, you know, going into such a big experience for so many athletes. You know, we go into sport and nine times out of ten you ask an athlete, a young athlete, what's your dream or your big goal in in sport? And it's, oh, I want to make the Olympics. So how do you think that kind of, um, I don't want to say tainted your experience with the Olympics, but um, changed your mindset of, of that experience going in? Yeah, I think that whole year was not how I had planned when I was a little little girl. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I was dealing with some mental health challenges leading up to Olympic trials. So that in itself was already kind of shifted my mindset a little bit. Like when I made the team, instead of being like, just so happy and so excited to finally realize this dream um I felt more of like a relief and it was like a weight off my shoulders because it was like okay I made the team like I didn't disappoint anyone yeah rather than being um a really happy moment when you're feeling when you're dealing with those mental health issues like your mood is well for me at least my experience it was like very flat and so and then it had like the downs as well. So if I hadn't made the team, it would have been like much further down than I went up. Um, and then with the injury, I think it was a tough pill to swallow to go into my first Olympics knowing that I wasn't gonna be as ready as I could be. Um, so that was a huge challenge and trying to overcome that and enjoy the experience and do the best I could to be as ready as I could Yeah, um, was definitely a journey. And I, I feel like overcoming just those obstacles, especially when it's such a, a high energy meet, 
is so important in sport and something that we really have to learn as athletes. Um, No matter what kind of personal things you're going through, you kind of have to put it aside, like especially for the team or something like that. Um, And I think that's a, a really interesting thing to think about in such an individual sport like swimming too right um just kind of putting aside your own struggles I guess and in order to perform for for the team and for your coaches and and stuff like that yeah definitely and at the Olympics um I ended up racing on the relay and I wasn't expecting to so kind of getting ready for that um at the last minute and and trying to be confident that I'm ready even though I have this partially torn hamstring (laughs) um and just stepping up for the team was um definitely a challenge but something that I was really honored to be a part of and um just happy that I could contribute to that relay yeah and then you got a bronze medal out of it so (laughs) (laughs) definitely an accomplishment to be proud of um that's great so your experience coming out of the olympics you know you're coming off of this really big high um you did go through some mental health issues and and you talk about your experience your experiences a lot so um yeah kind of walk me through that i think as an 18 year old coming out of high school and starting university and then add on top of that just competing at the Olympics and coming home from that, there were just so many changes and um, it was such a high at the Olympics. I had so much fun and it was like this dream come true. And then coming back in my first day of school, like having to do homework and all of that and get back into training, like it was um, not really what I wanted to do. I just wanted to keep riding that high I guess so when I ended up coming down from that and um, back to reality it was like a real shock for me and I ended up in the hospital um, and just going through a lot of mental health challenges that I didn't really understand at the time and I was still trying to figure it out Um, so it was there were a lot of ups and downs in those months after the Olympics. Oh, definitely. And and I feel like a lot of it too comes from um, a lot of changes happening at once, you know, and just, you know, you're not only um, going into a new school, but you're also leaving home, you know, you're not surrounded by um, your normal support group and it's just a completely different environment. Yeah, I, I think that's just a side of sport that people don't really um I guess address a lot of the time is how it really takes a mental toll after coming down from such a big high and and excitement and emotional experience really yeah and I think a lot of the time we're not really prepared for that and there's a lot more that we can do as athletes and and in sport in general to get people ready to and be prepared for that shift back to reality I guess after competing at the Olympic Games or any kind of event where you know you are preparing for for a long time and and getting ready for right and you prepare so much physically for the games and for uh your performance and competing but um I don't know correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like 
there could definitely be more preparation in dealing with the aftermath of um, the performance bit. And no matter if it's if it's a great performance, a, a bad performance, you know. Um, so, like, what would you like to see um, in supporting athletes in, in that kind of realm? I think just preparing athletes and being ready to support athletes after the games. I mean, there's so much support from so many people. Um, Everyone around you is supporting you leading up to the games and at the games. And then afterwards, it gets really quiet and you kind of have to be ready for that shift. And I think more can be done in supporting athletes and um, getting athletes ready for that shift. Yeah. I mean, athletes aren't just there for their competition. They're not just there for performance. You know, they have lives afterwards. And so um, I, I definitely agree with you. You need to continue the support, not just leading up and during um, such a big event. You mentioned your hospitalization. Um, how do you feel your biggest challenge was recovering from that um, lower point and you know getting back into the sport? I think getting back into the sport um, took a really long time for me. I was kind of in and out for a while and it took a while for me to manage my expectations and, and learn from the experiences that I had and um, get back to a place where I could come to the pool every day and work hard and um, have fun at the same time. So I think being out of the pool for so long, it was like I was out of shape and I I <laughs> had to get back and manage my expectations in that way as well. Oh, for sure. And do you feel like there was um, a point where, you know, you, you thought that maybe sport like there was, there's nothing left in, in sport for you or um, was there always just kind of a goal in mind trying to recover and get back into it? Um, after the Olympics, I thought I was done for sure. I mean, at 18, I had an Olympic medal and I thought that was it for me. I didn't think I wanted to go back to the sport, especially after dealing with an injury and all these mental health challenges. Um, so for a while I didn't want to go back at all and then I kind of thought well maybe I'm not done and um, I just kind of when I finally decided that I wanted to go back it was more because I wanted to have fun and I wanted to have different experiences so racing with the varsity team and things like that um, kind of motivated me to go back into the sport and really just experience the whole sport and the journey to the Olympics, experience that again, because I feel like I had all these challenges and Mm -hmm. I didn't really get to enjoy it as much as I had planned, as much as I wanted to. And and I guess try and take some pressure off of you, you know, and and just kind of enjoy the ride. I, I totally get that. So, yeah, so with wanting to enjoy your journey to the next olympics obviously covid has kind of been a hit on that that kind of preparation in part so 
what are you doing right now, you know, with your past experiences and, and knowing that um, there's different goals that you can achieve and, and ha- trying to have fun? What are you doing to kind of deal with the effects of COVID? Yeah, it has been a very different year, um, to say the least. So I think like taking what I learned in 2016 and what I've learned in my years in the sport that has really helped me to stay grounded and like stay in the moment because it's so easy to get caught up in like everything that's going on in the world and stress about things you can't control but and at the end of the day like you can only control what you can control and that has been really important for me and all these pool closures and Olympics getting postponed and everything that's going on. And I've learned that focusing on all those uncertainties are, it's just going to add stress. And so every day I go to the pool and just, I'm grateful that we have a pool to train in and uh, our team is healthy and everyone's having fun. So um, try and practice gratitude and then, um, just taking things one day at a time. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially when it's a year of literally like each day can be completely different. I think that's super important is to just, you know, take it slow, find the goodness in each day. And and like you said, the gratitude, I think that's really great. How do you think, um, you know, with your challenges and experiences from the mental health side of things from the Olympics, how do you think you're going to approach um, the games differently this year? I think every day I try and just learn one thing and try and go to the pool with a good attitude and just try and have fun because I know that when I'm having fun, that's when I'm working the hardest and that's how I'm going to be ready for Olympic trials. Yeah. Uh, I've dealt with some injuries again this year and I think I've used what I learned in 2016 to help me get through that. What my coach told me when I was getting back into the sport um, to not try and hit it out of the park every single day, I think that was really great advice and definitely something that I could have used back in 2016 when I'm, you know, I'm training for the Olympics or like training for Olympic trials. And I think like everyone else is doing their absolute best every single day so I have to be perfect every day and it's just not sustainable so I think if I could go back tell little Emily not (laughs) to hit it out of the park every day and just learn one thing every day um I think my experience would have been very different um so I'm really just trying to enjoy every day and um make the best out of this experience right well that's really exciting for you and and I feel like you know with all the uncertainty and just ups and downs of the year I really do think um that it's going to be a great summer for you and and I don't know you just seem so um like in high spirits and just optimistic and and that's really great um what do you think is the biggest misunderstanding around athletes and mental health and and something that you would like to see change going forward? I think the stigma around mental health really continues to be an issue. In 
my experience sharing my story and trying to advocate for you know awareness and all that for mental health I think um I didn't realize like how how common it is like when I shared my story I had so many people um reaching out to me thanking me um and it was like amazing for me obviously and like surprising in a way too I I had no idea how many people had dealt with something like this so it was comforting in a way and it was also like kind of eye-opening for me to realize like how common this is in sport um and I mean another thing is like I think there's this misconception that if an athlete is dealing with a mental health challenge or has a mental illness it makes them weak but I think that's just not right I think it makes them strong and I think um you can use your strengths and it will make you better at your sport and um yeah I think a lot of work needs to be done in this area in our society yeah for sure and um I completely agree with you there and I feel like you are doing really great work in in kind of breaking down that barrier simply by having something by simply having a conversation like this you know speaking out about your own experiences on social media um and I'm really grateful for that and I'm sure that there's a lot of other people out there who are really grateful for that so uh thank you so much Em for joining me on my first episode um where can our listeners find you Find me on Instagram at Emily Overholt. <laughs> Give me a follow. Yeah, we gotta put your plug in there. Um, yeah, she's super active on Instagram, and you know you can follow her journey to the Olympics, um, but also get some really great pictures of Gus in there. Um, beautiful, beautiful kitten. So um, that's really great. And again, thank you so much. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everyone please subscribe and send me a rating on wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, you can also follow my Instagram, yeah, no, for sure podcast for updates and new episode teasers. Let me know if there's a special guest that you want me to interview or anything that you would really, really want me to discuss or open up a conversation about. Uh, that's all for now. See you next time.